welcome back to the Sisterhood Podcast. In this episode, it's going to be a new little segment called Coping. Coping is going to be a little segment all about mental health, talking to others and talking about my own mental health journey. Um, Michelle will be in and out of some episodes. Um, we are still socially distanced. We are different sides of the country, so it is a little hard to record together still, but we will definitely be getting back to uh, other episodes but me and Michelle will have our separate episodes as well coping will just be a small segment every couple of weeks where I will talk to people about their mental health so the purpose will be that I will be talking about times that we felt we couldn't cope things we did to help us cope and advice we'd give to those who feel like they aren't coping so I'm really excited to start this little segment and I hope that you all enjoy it For the first episode, I thought I would share a time where I felt like I couldn't cope. There's many times in my life where I felt like I couldn't cope or that I wasn't coping, just like many of us. Unfortunately, it's not just something that tends to happen once, but this is definitely probably the the hardest time I've gone through in my life to date. And I thought I would share this as the first one just to give a sense of what I have been through and share a little bit of my own story and to be as honest as I hope the rest of the podcast episodes will go. So it goes back to 2014 when I was 19 years old. I had finished school about two years beforehand. I was about to repeat, I started repeating my leaving cert in a different school Um. I didn't like that at all. I We were told that the repeat students didn't have to wear a uniform, so we stood out automatically. You'd notice, on, notice us in a classroom because everyone else would be in uniforms. So that was the first time I felt my mental health being bad. At the time, I didn't know that that was the case, but I remember getting really anxious having to go into that building I remember it was a two-story building whereas my previous school had just been one floor and in this school with the two-story building there was only one toilet and it was downstairs and at this time in my life I had developed this um, fear of needing to go to the toilet so I needed to know that there was a toilet around at all times just in case I needed to go and looking back now, I know that that is, you know, a symptom of anxiety. It is something that a lot of people who have generalized anxiety disorder or different anxiety disorders do experience at some time. You know, your your anxiety and your stomach are very much linked. Um, so it is, it do, it, you can start to feel sick and feel like you need to go to the bathroom even when you don't actually. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. Um, so yeah that was probably the first time I had experienced you know feeling anxious I remember being in a classroom where the teacher wouldn't turn around and I was putting my hand up for ages trying to be excused from the classroom I was getting really hot and really stressed about it and I was thinking I'm gonna have to just get up and leave without his permission even though you know that would never be something that I would do and he eventually turned around and I did get to leave I got to the toilet and I was absolutely fine but the as the months went on, this continued and it was getting worse and worse to the point where I just couldn't bring myself to go into that building anymore. So I ended up leaving after three months. And then everyone was kind of gone to college or 
some of my friends were repeating their leaving cert as well and I was just at home because I had given up on that repeating the leaving cert you know I had passed my leaving cert by the way um, and I just I had done fine but my CAO was all over the place and I had put Trinity courses you know these courses that I knew I would never get into I think I did two higher level subjects for my leaving cert so I really, really um, set myself up for failure there. I didn't know what I was doing with my CAO. So um, yeah, I didn't get into any college, which is why I decided, you know, maybe I'll repeat, <laughs> I can't talk, maybe I'll repeat my leaving hair. So I didn't actually need to, but I did it. So when I was finished in that second school and I left early. Everyone was still in college, still in school or doing whatever they were doing. And I was the one friend that was basically unemployed and, you know, not doing anything with their life. So I started to feel really excluded. I felt like I didn't have anything to bring to the party when I was around my friends. I, you know, I was really just not feeling like being around anyone I just wanted to be in my own company at home even though I wasn't enjoying my own company but at least I didn't have the judgment of other people or at least what I felt was judgment Um, I hated talking about what I'd been doing because I hadn't been doing anything and you know this is like a major experience in all my friends lives you know they were going to college for the first time they were experiencing all these new things whereas I was experiencing one of the worst times in my life I was severely depressed. I didn't know at the time, but I was looking back now and I had decided to completely isolate myself from people. I, for the first while, you know, I did actually, you know, I wouldn't see anyone from Monday to Friday and then I would go out, get drunk with my friends like I always did and then spend the rest of the weekend dying and repeat the same thing every single week. And this only came to a stop at one point when me and two of my friends had gone out on a night out as we normally did I drank the same amount as I normally would but when we got out something must have pissed me off or bothered me to the point where I said right okay I'm going home and I left the nightclub by myself walked home which is not something that I would normally do you know I have friends that live close and my friends generally stayed with me in my own house but at this time I decided I was leaving the nightclub not telling anyone and I left and when I got home, I decided to take loads of tablets. Um, I took whatever I could find. And, you know, I can't really remember that time because I was very drunk. And also, after taking all the tablets, you know, I had completely blanked out that night. I can't remember a lot of it. You know, I can only kind of remember a bit that comes in in pieces every now and then. I get flashbacks and I think... Oh, that's what happened. And then I don't know if that is generally what happened. But I do know that I came home, I took loads of tablets, um, I found them all around the all around the kitchen. Um my mom and my sister were up in bed at the time. They didn't think anything of it, you know, because I came home and I got drunk every weekend, you know, this was nothing new. So that night then, you know, I had attempted suicide basically and for no reason not for no reason you know I was severely depressed but whatever triggered me you know I don't know what that was and I you know don't think it was anything that really would have affected me that much to take my own life I think it was you know a mixture of alcohol and the depression together and feeling a little lost and 
you know, it is very scary to think that that night I could have, you know, taken my own life, even though I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't have understood why myself. So it would have been very hard for the people around me to understand if, if it had have, you know, unfortunately, if I, if I had died from that, you know, luckily I didn't in the middle of the night. Um, now I don't recall any of this, but I just remember the next morning waking up to my mom telling me that I had been sick, really sick that night. Uh, so I obviously, my body had rejected the tablets and luckily I had, you know, thrown up the majority of the tablets and I survived. And, you know, I spent many days after that feeling like dizzy and just in a daze. I didn't remember, you know, anything. I I think I lay on the couch for a week straight. I don't remember what I did. I don't know how the people around me reacted, you know, if they knew it and was going on. You know, this is something that I've never spoke about with anyone. So it is it's weird to actually even be talking about it now. Um but it's something I have never, ever, ever spoke about to anyone. I have never even talked about it to my counsellors or anything. Um it's something that I've really tried to push to the back of my mind. But I do realise that it is something I do need to talk about, you know, it is important to talk about these things, because, you know, it's a mixture of, you know, being mentally unwell, and deciding to self-medicate with alcohol, which was what I was doing, and that is a very dangerous combination, you know, as I said, you know, I could have took my own life for something that I would never know why, you know, I was I was depressed and I do understand that and I hadn't got any help for my depression at that time but I I still think you know that that would have been a mistake it like it would have been a mistake and obviously I would have regretted it and I do regret it you know now but I do understand that I was self-medicating and that to me at the time obviously seemed like my only option but luckily I lived to tell the tale and everything was okay. But after that, you know, it wasn't smooth sailing. I didn't wake up and think, oh my God, I'm so lucky I survived and I have to live my life like a survivor now. You know, that's definitely not how I felt at all. I still struggled for months and months after that with depression. And, you know, I went to doctors with countless different things. You know, I thought I had a lump on my head. I thought I had... Um, a brain tumour I thought I had all these things physically wrong with me because I had never spoke to anyone about mental health before it was never spoke about um, and it was something that is actually a common theme in my family but no one had ever really spoke about it at that time and so depression or anxiety was not an option to me it had to be something physical so at that time I had you know became very hyper hypo <laughs> I had been struggling with hypochondria which is a health anxiety so any you know slight twitch in my body or pain I thought okay this must be it there's something physically wrong with me um and I would go to the doctor and they would examine me and they'd be like you're fine everything is fine I remember taking trips to A&E I remember being in hospital and you know getting diagnosed with tonsillitis when I didn't even have tonsillitis but they wanted to give me a diagnosis basically and to be honest at that time I was happy to have a, a diagnosis just because I thought okay that makes sense why I'm feeling all this pain and why I can't function properly why my energy is so low why I don't want to leave the house it must be because I am you know ill but when I took the ton tonsillitis 
antibiotics you know nothing happened I didn't return back to my normal self I was exactly the same as I had been before I took them so yeah at that time I had been dealing with you know unemployment just feeling really lost and um, not knowing what was going on with my body with my mind I was struggling with anxiety and depression that would be later diagnosed but at that time it had not been and I was just I just felt like I couldn't cope I didn't know myself I didn't want to be around my friends anymore I stopped drinking which was my only form of you know uh, socializing so that was taken from me I needed to be around you know my family all the time because I felt like I was going to die you know so I needed people to be there and I wanted people to understand like there's something seriously wrong with me and you know no matter how many times I went to the doctor, they would tell me there's nothing wrong with you at all, um, which I couldn't understand. But I, I was, you know, desperate for someone to give me this diagnosis to just tell me that the feelings that I was having, you know, I wasn't insane. You know, I was I wanted to know that there was actually something wrong with me and I wasn't, you know, making this all up in my head. And there was something wrong with me, just not physically, but mentally there was, you know, I was struggling with my mental health, but I didn't know that at the time. So yeah, that was the time in my life where I felt like I really, really could not cope. And yeah, I just, I was at my, probably the lowest in my life so far. So some things I did to get myself back to inverted commas normal and to, you know, help myself cope again, where I eventually kind of, I don't actually know how I did it, but I made myself, it was my birthday, I remember, I think I had just turned 19 maybe, and one of my friends texted me and said, do you want to go for a drive? And I remember going with her, and I was like, yeah, okay, let's do this, let's just go for a drive, I'll see how it goes. I hadn't been around people, I was not used to being around my friends anymore, but luckily they stayed in touch and, you know, didn't completely isolate me so I went for a drive with one of my friends that day and you know after that I kind of pushed myself to be around her it was kind of only really her at that time and we would go for drives and stuff and I kind of started getting out of the house again more and looking for jobs again and you know doing different things and I think you know I did bring myself to the doctor and I did tell her how I was feeling and I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was 19 years old which to me was terrifying you know depression especially was something that I thought older people only could get you know I I felt like I failed at life because I was 19 and I was depressed which is completely not true and it was the best thing I ever did was going and getting that diagnosis because I felt like I could finally breathe that you know everything I had been thinking you know about being unwell was true and so from that I was put on medication and I was I started going to a counsellor and that was the best thing I could have done for myself and there was a lot of people around at that time saying to me you're not depressed there's no way you know you just you're unemployed you're obviously just not happy being unemployed and once you get a job you'll be fine that kind of that kind of uh, mentality but that was not it I knew there was something deeper and there was a bigger problem there you know because even when I was doing something, when I was in school that time, you know, I was not well, you know, I couldn't function like a normal person. I was anxious at all times and I knew that that was not normal. 
So yeah, I got the diagnosis. I started going to counselling and around that time as well, I got a job. You know, it was kind of like things had started to come together, which sometimes they do just come together, which I know isn't very helpful advice for anyone. But um, I just, I kind of pushed myself to the limit because I knew that the only way I was going was down, down, down. And there was basically the only way was up, not to sound like the fucking Towie <laughs> team tune, but it was, you know, anything I did was an improvement basically so me walking to my gate was an improvement when you are at that lowest place it's really hard to pick yourself up and do these little things but the minute you do start doing those things your life just starts to get a little bit easier and I know that's easier said than done but for me I knew that if I didn't force myself to go and see people and do these things go to the counsellor whatever it was at the time that I was going to be stuck in this life of sitting at home, having no energy, being depressed um, forever. Like it was never going to change and I needed it to change because I was so unwell and so unhappy that I just didn't think if I was to stay that way that I would have survived much longer, you know, because it's not a life for anyone to live. It's a, it was really horrible and I never felt so lonely and so sad and so numb all at the same time. And this went on for a very long time, you know, it was months on end and it felt like, you know, my life was over, but it wasn't really, you know, I I eventually, you know, went to the doctor, told the doctor what I was feeling. I got a diagnosis and then I started to try and look after myself in little ways and build myself up. And I think it is just taking that one little step and it it could be something so simple as you know, maybe it is just sitting outside in your garden for five minutes so you are getting out of the house and getting some fresh air and maybe the next day you go for a five minute walk or you call someone on the phone for five minutes so you have that social interaction. It depends on what you're, you know, what you're struggling with the most. For me, I was struggling with leaving the house and also with being around people. So for me, I would leave the house on my own some days, other days I would go for a drive with my friend and I only really hung around with that one friend kind of at that time because that was my safety net whereas and then I could build myself up to being around more people so then when I got the job it was very close to home so that was handy for me but also I felt more equipped then to be around people again whereas I had it jumped straight in and got that job it would have been too much for me because there was so many people I was working around so many people all day every day that I would not have been able to handle that if I had it just went straight from being at home to getting the job which you know it does it is very hard for people who are unemployed and struggling with a mental illness to just go straight into employment you know you do kind of have to get yourself well again as well as you can do like to be in a position where you are able to manage your mental health before you can go and get a job because jobs are a lot of pressure and a lot of stress and if you're already unwell going into that you know you're setting yourself up for failure and it isn't really fair on your own on yourself and you know you wouldn't be able to give your best in that job so sometimes you do need to take that time to work on yourself before you go into employment so I was glad that I did take that time before I got a job and then when I did get into the job you know things were a little bit easier at that point 
so yeah that was the time in my life where I felt like I couldn't really cope and I'm just gonna go into some kind of advice slash like things I would tell myself back then and so it really is just to take it day by day and to not be so hard on yourself you know you can't beat yourself up for these things it's not actually your fault depression you know it's a chemical imbalance in your brain no one chooses to be depressed no one chooses to have OCD no one chooses to have bipolar disorder whatever mental illness it is no one chooses that you know it's just the way we are born um it's just how we are and all we can do is learn to manage and accept that this is what life has dealt us and we need to look after ourselves maybe a bit more than people that don't have a a mental illness you know maybe we have to take extra time for ourselves you know for me at that time it was really hard to have to cancel parties and to cancel plans with friends and I felt really sad and I felt really guilty all the time and I felt like people thought I was lying when I would tell them I was sick or whatever it may be and I know that that's frustrating for other people because they can't really understand why you're cancelling and it, it might seem like you're doing it on purpose but that was not the case I just physically and mentally was drained and I wasn't able to be around people and that was why but I think you know if if you're someone even listening to this and you know someone who struggles with a mental illness maybe just give people a bit of space and not you know guilt trip them for cancelling plans or for um not making any plans at all you know sometimes you need time before you can get back into that so yeah my advice would be you know take things one day at a time don't push yourself too hard but also try and push yourself a little bit you know you don't want to stay in your comfort zone all your life you want to be able to do the things that you want to do and you'll never do them if you are staying in your comfort zone because my comfort zone back then was the couch and I could have stayed on that couch for the rest of my life and I'd be comfortable but I wouldn't be happy and that's why I had to push myself that little bit. And yeah, I think as well it's important, and I know this is quite hard, but to talk to people and to tell people the truth. You know, tell people, look, I'm not doing very well right now. I, I'm not cancelling because I don't want to be around you. It's just, it's really hard for me right now. You know, it's hard to do the normal things. And for me, it was really hard back then to tell people that, to, you know, say going out to spend five minutes with you is hard for me you know I don't know if I will have an anxiety attack I don't know if I will feel like I'm gonna die like these things that sound so dramatic but unless you have experienced it you won't really understand but the minute I started being more honest with people people started to understand like now I can tell my friends or my family look I'm feeling too anxious I can't go and they'll be like right fair enough that's fine I'm not going to push you if you're not feeling up to it you're not feeling up to it and that, that's the best thing I could ever do or sometimes I'm with my friends and I'm like look I just feel really anxious I need to go home and that's absolutely fine and that takes the pressure off you as well because you know that you know okay I'm with someone who understands that I might have to go home because I might feel anxious or I'm with someone who knows that there is a chance that I might have a panic attack you know so it won't be a shock to them so you don't have to worry about them because that's something I do definitely is I worry about the person I'm with I'm thinking this is going to be like um what's the word I'm looking for it's going to mm, be a burden on them maybe that's not the right word but 
you know I I'm thinking about them which then makes me more anxious you know because I'm thinking if what if what I do impacts them you know I don't want my mental illness to ever affect anyone else but me um so I don't I always worry about that so that's why it's very important to me to be honest about these things even you know going on first dates with people that I didn't know I would always tell them I have anxiety this is there's a chance I might have to leave it's not anything personal but it just might happen especially in times where my anxiety was really bad you know now I think if I was to go it might be okay but you know a few years ago or even two years ago it was very bad so I would have had to tell people look this might happen don't take it personally basically is what it was and um, so I feel like I've blabbered on for a really long time I hope what I said have has made sense and I do want to talk about you know anxiety and depression a bit more there was a time in my life where I had really bad anxiety so I definitely will talk about that uh, further down the line but this is just my basis of where I started with my mental health journey where it was at the lowest and I felt like I couldn't cope and how I got back to learning to cope you know to cope with my mental illness and to manage it and to look after myself again so every time I end an episode of this podcast I want to recommend a song also if I have guests on I want them to recommend a song that you can listen to after you're listening to this that will give you a little bit of a pick-me-up you don't have to listen to it but I will play a little bit for you so my song for today is five keep on moving very cheesy but also like my happy song so I listen to it when I'm feeling down or if I need a little pick-me-up so thank you so much for listening and I really hope you enjoyed the episode and enjoy five telling you to keep on moving Get on up when you're down.